Welcome everyone to another Thursday I. Today is coming to you live from New Orleans in this hotel that I'm sitting in. So today is not the usual, oh my, my voice is dying because we've been talking for so long. I'll explain why, but today is not our usual um, Thursday I. I'm, I'm in New Orleans and I'm in this um, crazy conference called New IPS. And uh, I am sitting in, in a hotel with like a spotty reception as well. So hopefully, hopefully everything will work, work out fine. Uh, but if not, you'll have to forgive me. And then I hope to post like a, a quality um, recording of this on the actual podcast. So welcome, everyone. So thank you for joining. Uh, for those of you who are new here for the first time, there's the I is a Twitter space and then it turns into a podcast. We've been doing this every week since GPT-4 released, March 14th, Pi Day, um, in this year. And we've been through so many updates since then. It's kind of been crazy. It's been crazy to be able to keep up with all of this. And I keep using this word crazy. And it's just getting crazier. It, it, it literally just gets more insane. This week was full of releases. Really, my notes are huge and I'm going to try to make justice and to, to cover as much as possible. But this week was already full on, on Friday. This Friday uh, for open source was like not one other single day for open source that I remember. And so we're going to cover several things uh, that, that, that caused that Friday to be full. I actually said at the end of Friday, as I was... Um, as I was thinking about boarding my flight to, to New Orleans, that um, if if this is what Friday is, I can't imagine like how the rest of the week is going to be because I already had enough stuff on Friday to talk about for a full Thursday I to dive in, to, to, to dive in deep. Um, and, and then the rest of the week also happened, which was great. And I've met a bunch of folks that I can't wait to tell you about here. Maybe let me run through quickly of all of the things that I'm trying to go to cover, right? So this is going to be like your TLDR in the beginning of the podcast. Um, and then you'll hear everything else as, as it starts. So uh, Mistral, our dear friends, our dear uh, paragons of open source, uh, did the thing again. They did the thing. They did the magnet thing. They, they again dropped the magnet link on their Twitter account. Uh, and then uh, we're going to talk about Mistral MOE. Uh, if you don't know what this is, Tune in and stay with us, and we're going to talk about what the MOE means and what the Mistral is. Uh, we're going to, to cover the Mistral 0.2 Instruct. So not only did they release a new model, they also released their older model with Instruct fine-tune that significantly improves reasoning. It's English only, but it's um, the same Mistral we all knew to love and we cover every, every week. Um, it's now uh, a new base version, and I think Instruct version has released. It's very interesting to see how, how folks in the open source community are going to treat that. Um, together, we released Stripe Hyena and Hyena Architecture and Stripe Hyena and Stripe Hyena Nows or News, which is in together with our friends in News Research. Uh, that when I met with folks with News Research, they did not tell me about, which was good on them to not spill the secrets. But it's pretty cool to see a completely new architecture um, that we probably should should cover as well. And then we're going to talk about Ego, which is a new decoding method. We're going to cover Desi AI, a new state-of-the-art 7D model. Even though 
It was state-of-the-art when they released it, but it was two days ago. So I, I still expect that not to be state-of-the-art at this point, but it's an interesting model that we should at least cover. Um, and then Microsoft finally gave us Phi uh, PHI 2.0, and we've talked about Phi multiple times. It's a tiny model. I think it's a 2 billion parameter model, and it was straight on the tiny stories data set, uh, among others, and it's very, very performant, and we finally got uh, a non-commercial license. We're going to cover Phi, and we've been waiting for them to drop the weights for that as well. Um, we also, I also like ran through something called Quip, which is a, a new quantization system that like compresses better than than other other stuff that we know, like GGUF. Um, so I haven't dove into Quip, but if we have folks here who did, we're going to talk about Quip. And there's something with Mamba as well. We've talked about we've talked about Mamba last week. I believe it's also a different architecture. And then the 2 billion parameter model uh, trained on the slim pajama data set was also released first. Uh, we also have a bunch to cover in the big company, large language model and APIs, namely Gemini Pro released their API access. So we're going to talk about this. And uh, Umesh here, who's joined as a co-host, I'm going to say hi to you in a second. So uh, I, I already saw that you started playing with this a little bit. Um, it, it's it's very interesting how they're pricing it. So we're going to discuss this. In addition to that, Mistral, the company, not not the model, <laughs> uh, which they don't have a differentiation between the company and the model. They probably should. They released their API inference server, which is super cool from them. It's called Lab Platforme or something French like that. Uh, so shout out to them trying to uh, get some more uh, RLHF in the door and how people use this. Um, together compute, which we know and love because they sponsor a bunch of folks, uh, they come to search the eye, they sponsor their compute. I think they sponsored uh, news research for a bunch of, um, a bunch of their projects. They have came out with the same pretty much API undercutting Mistral by 70%. So we're going to cover that as well. And, uh, yeah, just a tiny thing in the AI art and diffusion stability release a 3D model. And I had a chance to catch up with Imad from, from Stability. So I invited him to Thursday. I, he's busy, <laughs> but still he's invited. Uh, Imad, if you hear this, uh, you're more than welcome. But we had a chance to geek out for, for a little bit. And then um, it feels like we're going to have to talk about like one Stability drop every week, at least for the next few weeks, because they have a bunch in store and they have a few, all these companies are planning like holiday releases to like, because they know that students are going on their break, and then you they know that like um, it, it's funny to release on 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 Christmas and just like mess people's holidays up. So we're, we're going to see that as well. And uh, Google just like casually dropped Imogen too. Imogen is their AI art uh, diffusion model, and it's pretty good as well. So Google dropped Imogen as well, and so we're going to mention that. And I really really want to talk about Optimus. I know that we usually talk about LLMs and AI art and like all these things, but like Tesla is doing incredibly advanced stuff with the robotics arm. And literally, I don't know if you guys had the chance to see that video, the Optimus hands movements are just sci-fi and it looks so good. It's really unbelievable that it's not sped up. And you know, the, with, the, with the rate things are going, many of us may have one of these things walking around our house doing our laundry soon. Uh, hopefully not killing all of us, but definitely would love to cover Optimus as well because just that video, man. Just like if I if I if I'm going to be the first person who showed you that video, I'm gonna be happy. I did my job today on Thursday, 
And I think that's most of what we have to cover, but I'm sure that I missed like a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, our, our friend, uh, Alignment Lab was here earlier and I don't know if uh, still in the audience, but Alignment Lab is uh, more than welcome to join and um, uh, to talk about some interesting mixture fine tunes that they're working on. And uh, our folks from News Research are busy at NeurIPS. <laughs> I met Technium last night in, in one party and then he hopped in another party. So I don't know when he went to sleep, but he definitely hung out with the Mistral folks in face to face. And so all of these news, once we finish talking to them, I will give you like an, like an honest recap of newer IPS and my time here since, since I came here and, uh, for the first time I came to new IPS, but also I, um, I joined a professional capacity. I was standing in the booth and talking to all these people who come to uh, weights and biases booth and talk to us how they love weights and biases. And many of the people who build the things that I just talked about, I had the chance to understand that many of them use weights and biases, which is pretty cool as well. So with that, this is our TLDR. Uh, if any of this interests you, please feel free to stick around. Uh, and then uh, all of it will be then uh, rejoined kind of, uh, we're going to, we're going to obviously publish this on, on the podcast as well. So if you, if you can't stay for two hours on a Thursday, uh, you definitely don't have to do all of it. You, you're more than welcome to then chime in on the podcast. Um, I'm going to send a recap of this. I don't know if I'll have the, honestly, honestly the power to like recap a newsletter as well, because just like neuro IPS is still happening. And I would really want to go and see, uh, you know, Jan LeCun and Max Tegmark and, and Nick Bostrom fight it out on, on stage in a debate about AGI. Uh, so I definitely would, would like to go and see that. All right. So with that, I wish I had musical transitions, but you guys, those of you who come here for a while, imagine the musical position right now. And we're about to get started and I will say hi to Umesh. Hey Umesh, welcome as a first time as a co-host. Oh, fantastic, Alex. Thank you. Um, really pleased to be here and, uh, let's get cracking. We have so much, so to, cover, much to cover, so I, I don't want to hold any kind of time. Yeah. Let's, let's start. Let's, uh, kick for off. Those, for uh, those who, take off. For those who don't know uh, who you are, would you mind to give like a brief introduction to yourself and what you do? Yes, certainly. So my name is Umesh, but I'm I'm famous on now Twitter slightly, little, uh, as educated guest because my life is educated guest, but I've been right 50%, 51% of the time. So that's how I reached here. I've been in ML field for um, almost um, 12 years now, but largely working with uh, LLMs and NLPs for last five years. And currently I'm in a startup mode in the UK, uh, based in London and implementing all and every type of pipeline that you can imagine. So that's it. Awesome. Awesome. And you've been joining this, uh, Thursday I multiple times uh, in the past and, um, um, it's, it's great to have you as a co-host at this point. I had, I had the, I had the wonderful pleasure of, uh, being with you in, on this journey. So <laughs> really pleased with that. Yeah. Let's get cracking. All right. So, so I think I, I want to just uh, try to see if Austin can come up, Austin Alignment Labs, uh, the guys behind open chat, I think it says can now speak, but I don't see Austin, if you can speak, make a sound. Uh, it says there's an error adding Austin. Oh man, there's always an error. So. We'll see. We'll yeah, Alex, Alex, I, I also got requests from him and I was trying to add him. I sent him a request also. So uh, I think you need to uh, jump out and then jump in and I'll send you a request. Alex, just go on. I'll manage. Okay, it. thank you. Right. So folks, I think the most, the most, as we get started here, uh, the most kind of uh, major, major thing that happened this week by far even with your IPS happening and 15,000 people joining 
New Orleans to talk about AI in their papers. That was like the most important thing from AI this week. The most important thing was Mixtral uh, MOE. And so when I say Mixtral, I literally say the word Mixtral because that's what they called it. Uh, but even, we, we eventually found out like how we called it. But uh, yeah, so, so um, there is a the, Mistral, the company that we've talked about multiple times that um, we received the best fine-tuned versions of uh, on, on, the, on the kind of continuous basis, the company released a mixture of experts model. And mixture of experts model um, is basically, um, how should we say? Mixture of experts is, is what GPT-4 uh, is, or many people kind of consider that GPT-4 is a mixture of experts. It's a... Um, it, it's a way to, you know what? I'm not gonna even attempt. It's a way to like combine in, in some certain way because I saw people complain about people on Twitter saying, hey, it's not combining models. It's a way to combine models that are trained on specific things. One is trained for code, one is trained for reasoning for a specific topic, one is trained for, let's say, fine-tuned for something and something else. And it's a way to run all these models in, in, in a way that when user interacts with them, uh, the model at uh, inference time or I guess in training time, I actually don't fully know. Uh, maybe it's good to, to have alignment join us and, and explain. Uh, it learns from different models, different experts, and there's different experts in, in different areas. And um, basically, um, we know that Mistral 7B is the best kind of model or 7B that we had, and they released eight times that. So they released like eight 7B experts together in, in, in a router model in between them, and uh, it it significantly outperforms or comes very close to outperforming GPT 3.5. And so what this means is, what this means is, and if you guys remember two weeks ago, we did a cover of one year after ChatGPT was released. Those of you who joined like two weeks ago, uh, this literally means that we have the same model that changed the world a year ago, that changed all our lives in the mesh. I think uh, you can go next and like you specifically said they change yours as well. And we have that now in fully open source. And when I say fully open source, I do mean this because the guys in Mistral, uh, Arthur and his team, they released that model with Apache 2.0 license, which means you can use it. There's nothing preventing you from using it commercially. You can use it to create new models. And when I say fully, fully open source and their commitment to open source is so bad that a friend of the pod, Pharrell from uh, Skunk's uh, works that comes up from time to time, he complained on Twitter that he saw some like very small mention of you cannot use this to distill this model. You, uh, like you cannot use Mixtral to do something else. And he mentioned this on Twitter and Arthur from uh, for Arthur Mench, the CEO, I guess, from Mistral, he, he replied within like a two hour and said, removed, go ahead. Like they literally went and removed that like little clause that any company probably has in their terms and conditions. And so we saw that and we were like very, very, very impressed on top of the being very impressed with the quality of their models. And so um, I think, yeah, I think it's good enough for me to like cover. Uh, let's go uh, Alignment Labs if you want to chime in on Mixtral and uh, feel free to do so. Well, no, I think you, I think you really, you nailed it. Um, in, in this case, uh, to me, like the most interesting thing about the model is that they created this like very performative model that is a base model by initializing it off of the weights of a different base model. Um, and you could, in the Phi 2 paper, uh, Microsoft did like something very similar with Phi 2. So clearly they noticed, uh, 
it, it sounds like it's not that big of a deal, but that's to me, that's like a giant deal. It means we're getting to a place where we could actually just start recouping all this money that we've spent on all of these pre-trains and just start piling it all into like bigger and bigger models without having to continue to spend it. Yeah, so I want to talk about this initialization thing, right? So uh, we saw, and I think, uh, I don't know if we, we got the confirmation, but we definitely saw some people do, a, sorry, a comparison analysis where uh, all of the experts in, in Mixtrol, all of the eight experts, they were initialized with the already pre-trained 7B model that we all know and love, right? That's, that's the one that's been performing well with open Hermes and open chat and from, from folks who are like Alarm Labs and open numbers from news and um, all these like different, very well-performing open source models, those were used to kind of initialize uh, the MOE expert kind of uh, model, which means that like, like you said, like they, they already kind of used the money they well spent in order to continue making their models better. And to some extent, we believe that maybe like OpenAI also did that with GPT-4 and uh, we don't have official confirmation that GPT-4 is MOE, I think we don't have like an official official confirmation, although I saw something, but we have from Latent Space Pod with George Hotz, uh, dear, dear friends of ours, Latent Space, which I uh, sometimes get to like uh, guest host in. Like last week, we talked with Wing Lian from Axolotl. Um, George Hotz went to that podcast and he just like said, eh, GPT-4 is a mixture of excellent model, which turned into a frenzy of people like trying to understand what mixture of experts is back then. And now we're getting open source mixture of experts, which we also talked about. Uh, go ahead, Dimesh. Yeah, so basically just to uh, quickly give you an idea about the sparse architecture that it has, because we are currently in the process of implementing it through their API and everything. So just wanted to clarify that. Basically what happens, the way it works is it has a router network in it, and then it chooses uh, two of the, of, of the experts basically and then processes the token that is being sent in, and then combines the output of the experts uh, together. And that's how it makes the inference. So that's basically the sparse model, sparse architecture. That's the way it works. Yeah, so sparse and dense are two concepts that are, I think, fairly new for folks in Thursday. So dense model is like the 7B model that we've got before, right? That's a dense model. And sparse is, is, is what we're getting now with MOE. Is that correct? It's not exactly like it's it's not exactly that definition. Basically, mm. sparse is more like sparsity in terms of where you're getting the inferences from, and these are decoder-only models. Remember, so uh, you you have the so you have basically uh, let's say a kind of a how do you pick the feed-forward blocks, right? So you get so all eight models that you have is basically groups of uh, groups of parameters basically and that's how that's the sparsity that you get between eight different models so in in itself the models are dense basically so it, it still remains the same dense models but between the models you have a sparsity where you you are you're creating this dual token uh, extraction using the uh, the router and once you get it you add the tokens and you generate the uh, the inference basically and um so so this essentially creates a way for, I don't know, a significantly better model in a, in a smaller package, but there's also drawbacks to this, right? So uh, as far as I know, and maybe Alami, you can speak to this a little bit, I saw multiple people talk about how 
this is great to have, but for local instruments, for for example, that's maybe not the best for the smaller, like people who want to run them on MacBooks. I think, yeah, so it's, I was just going to say, uh, Mistral didn't really release a lot of modeling code when it first came out. So it was really difficult to see how efficient it actually is, but it's really not so bad. I was running on my laptop CPU at like a pretty high speed. Uh, there's a lot of like size to it, but it's not actually activating, uh, so much of it's, uh, uh, like sharing infants, the, the models aren't really engaging as, as much with the hardware as you would expect based on the size alone. That was great to hear. Go ahead, Dimash. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, Alex, just to add to what, uh, Alignment Lab said, um, so basically, uh, although it's, it's 47, 46.7 billion parameters model, uh, for the inference, it's only using around 13 billion parameters. So per token, basically. So. Uh, that's the reason why you don't see the full activation when you're when you're trying to do the inference. So that's something that we did uh, kind of a benchmark uh, using our own architecture. And then basically what we found is that when we use the uh, their API, uh, the inference is is better in terms of the uh, uh, TTFT and and overall inference as well. So that is the reason we went for API. So initially we were thinking of uh, loading it on our, on our own infrastructure. But uh, this is why probably alignment. Lab, correct me if you're if I'm if I'm wrong. But that's the reason probably you're seeing less activation because for every token, it's only looking at those uh, 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 thirteen million parameters and it's selecting the experts to uh, to create the uh, the token. So it selects oh, yeah. two two experts, right? Like the first token, like sees or like two experts, and then selects between them and not the full eight. Is that what I'm saying? Is that correct? No, it's additive inference. So it's not selecting one of the two, it's additive. So basically it adds the token. So it's kind of, how do I uh, explain to you, like kind of a parallel processing, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. So that probably is the reason why this architecture could be the future architecture, because then you can access different parts of the model simultaneously and you can have parallel kind of parallel processing of tokens as well. So that's the direction we might be heading into with this particular architecture. That was good to hear. And so, um, obviously the open source community is jumping on this. I already saw, I already saw like multiple attempts from different folks, um, to, to try and find on this, uh, alignment labs, uh, is one of those folks and alignment, feel free, Austin, feel free to like, uh, I think at this point, introduce yourself or what you guys do and definitely tell us about what, what from the open source community side, what do you, do you see? Uh, I, I know they didn't release much in terms of income code and then, um, uh, I know that Axelotl just recently added access to fine-tuning this, so feel free to just like uh, give us a brief intro, into, uh, overview of what you guys do, and then how does this new model can affect that the stuff that you do. Sure. Um, so we really just try to build out the most uh, efficient, useful tools that we can, uh, and release them out to the open source so that people can build businesses and just kind of generally have access to things that we think you. I mean. You know, it's a human rights issue, right? But we can't have AI. Everyone else does. It's a problem that's all behind the paywall. Um, Axolotl does have a fine tuning for, uh, uh, for Mixtral now. It's, he had it optimized power. It was, it was crazy, but I, I don't think his initial implementation was good because, uh, he immediately messaged me telling me not to release the initial model that came out of it. Um, I think. Sorry, I'm just trying, it's been such a crazy week and there has been like truly so many things and Mixtral's been like right in the center of a ton of it. Um, we have, we have two models that we're working on right now too that we're going to release. Um, 
today, like as I started typing out these tweets, uh, if you guys want to see that, like after the pod, uh, otherwise I would say just keep watching for more efficiency gains because it feels like everybody has more stuff that they're doing to the local model that is making it easier and faster to turn. I think Tim Detmers even uh, mentioned somewhere that he thought he could get it down to like four gigs of VRAM to turn the whole thing. Could you repeat that last part? I think you broke up a little bit. Oh, uh, Tim Detmers, I think he mentioned in the uh, disco. Tim Detmers, the, the guy from Qlora and, and uh, the quantization okay. folks. Yep. Yeah, he, uh, University of Washington, I think he did the Bison Bytes Library. Um, he has made local models, uh, really like 90% of the reason you can even do it locally is because like, it just, uh, his continuous effort on that front. Um, and he was on the, you know, he was on the, the front of figuring out which shelves, like the rest of us when it dropped. If we can get it down to four gigs of VRAM, I mean, I can turn it on my laptop. It's not a problem, even though it is a big model, but you know, I was offload. I think I saw some stuff from Tim and bits and bytes where he talks about even like one bit quantization is possible because of some stuff with the mixture of XOR specifically. And you know, we, we know, we know about like, like four bit quantization, et cetera. One bit sounds like incredible to the point where like some colleagues of mine on Slack said, Hey, wake me up when like zero bit is possible. But yeah, getting this model down to four gigabytes VM just sounds impossible, but incredible. Um, so shout out to Dean Dipplers and continues, continues, uh, uh, continues efforts on that front. Go ahead, Dimitri. Yeah, just one one question for uh, for Rustin. Um, I'm I'm just thinking like when you fine tune the model, like how will it be? How will it be um, affecting the uh, the different components uh, or different experts? So that's that's something that is not quite clear yet as to how the layers will get kind of impacted when you fine tune the model. So yeah, do you do you have any idea on that or or any any anything on that? I would say uh, it's worth noting that you could go onto their GitHub and find their fork of mega blocks. Um, I know that two of my engineers uh, were sweating and yelling at their computers for like two days to figure it out. And I didn't want to ask them. They seemed pretty upset. So uh, it seems complicated to me. I haven't done the training yet myself, though. Megablocks was the paper that they talk about this, right? Like everybody I saw was sharing the paper. There was uh, very interesting. I think we, we have Omar from, from Hagen Face as well. I think he shared a bunch of the MOE stuff. Um, Umesh, if you don't mind, Austin, I want to move on because we have like so much to cover, but definitely, definitely mi Mixtrol is the new game in town. I, uh, I actually wanted to call it something else. Like I know it's not the, the thing that you want maybe uh, came to hear about, but I wanted to call this mistral of experts, but mistral kind of won, and everybody's calling this mistral. Um, but the other thing that uh, that they have released for us on Monday, so the, just a few days after, and remember <clears throat> last week we talked with, uh, so last week the Thursday I came to you from the Lake and Space Pod in San Francisco, and I was there to talk with open source folks, and I actually saw Austin and a bunch of like um, Technium and some other uh, folks. Uh, we talked with folks from Mistral, we talked with Leila from Mistral, and we asked him, like, when's the model coming? And he was grinning at us, and he was like, ah, you know, at some point, at some point. And then little did we know that this would come a day after. So it was a, it was kind of a crazy um, 
release schedule, everybody's like grinning because they know a bunch of stuff and nobody wants to talk about this. Also, the news people uh, with with together. So we're going to cover together and stop hating in a second. But Mistral also released to us a, an instruct model of the previous 7B model that's only English and it's probably uh, output performs on logic the previous models. I don't know if the folks on stage have a chance to like look at the Mistral instruct, but definitely if you're using the base model for yourself <clears throat> and not kind of the fine tunes, um, try that one. And, and although it's only English for some reason, but it's probably fine tuned. Uh, I want to see if actually you had a chance to, to play with that or you know, saw this news. Do you have any reaction? Actually, I think you're on stage. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Huh? So hi everyone, my name is Akshay Kumar and I work as a data scientist, uh, my day job. And yeah, Mr. by the way, Instruct model is really well fine-tuned. So most of the fine-tunes we have had before uh, Mistral, that uh, the community fine-tuned was was good. But this model that they have received, uh, released, although only in English, is really well fine-tuned. So performs almost equal to GPT-4 uh, instructions following. And when I say that, remember that a model such as even Bard and uh, similar struggle with instruction following. So really well fine-tuned. Also the fact that it's completely uncensored. Uh, it's kind of cool that we have a, you know, GVD 3.5 model that is uncensored and extremely good at uh, instruction following. So yeah, that is basically it. One thing that I wanted to add, thank, thank you actually. Uh, one thing that I wanted to add as well is I think as of two hours ago, and again, shout out to Hug and Face friends, I should go into, <clears throat> I'm actually going to the Hug and Face party tonight. So if you have any questions, DM me, I will ask the folks there. But <clears throat> Mixtrel, the, the, the MOE is now supported on transformers as well. And I think it's quantized to be very, very, very small uh, due to continuous efforts of like Tim Jitmers and, and the bloke and some other folks, which is great to see in the open source community. And um, so, you know, that's always great. So Transformers libraries now supports that, but also the Instruct version, it, it does feel a little bit different. I didn't have a chance to play with this because, just because of like so, so much stuff. Um, but if you have not played with the, the Instruct model and you still like want to run the smallest model, Mistral 0.2 Instruct is for you. I don't know why, honestly, <clears throat> they didn't release it in the same thing. But I trust that Mistral folks, they know how to do an impact, right? With the, with the torrent drop and with the, uh, with the removal of the licensing problems from Pharrell's tweet, like all of these things, I trust that Mistral, are not, they know what they're doing. And uh, many of them who we meet, they know they have a bunch of uh, interest as well. I think, I think it's time to kind of, uh, we're going to have one more update about Mistral when we go to like the API section, because uh, as, as you guys know, those of you who follow like Thursday, I, we talk about open source and then we talk about big companies and APIs. Um, Mistral is now both, and we're going to cover that as well. Uh, but in the next section, right. So we're moving on to together and together is also kind of like becoming a, a little bit of a name and a big company, um, because together, uh, has a few things that they've announced actually, but we're going to talk about the hyena architecture for just a little bit. Um, it's, uh. I think also the same Friday, the same Friday with Mixtral, uh, together folks who one, one of the folks there is uh, tree DAO, if I'm not mistaken, tree DAO is the guy behind, uh, not PyTorch lightning, uh, flash attention. Thank you. Flash attention, flash attention too. Thank you, Austin. Um, so one of those guys, uh, we actually talked about different architecture from them 
I, I, and there's this new class of, of things they're called state space models is that correct me if I'm wrong again not a data scientist and so they released a, 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 a an architecture and they talked about an architecture called hyena which effectively tries to combine transformers with with something called state and I will I will let some folks on stage maybe you will if you want to take this one to kind of explain how that potentially improves performance I will say that it's it's about time, and we've talked about this a little bit. It's about time that we see something like this because we know that the transformers uh, have something called quadratic attention, and uh, that prevents or slows down the model significantly at lower sequences. And so, some of the benefits that we saw from together uh, with the Stripe architecture, I think Mamba, we've talked about with Luigi from from News as well, is that even like it could outperform transformers even on the how should I say, even on the inference kind of time for regular token sequences or regular length, imagine like you're sending, I don't know, 500 words or like a thousand words. Um, on the longer sequences, on the 20,000 tokens, like et cetera, um, it significantly outperforms transformers, significantly, like by 20 to 100x, which is a, a huge factor because we know the transformers like slow down uh, the, the longer sequences are. And so, uh, together also released two models for us, a striped hyena, uh, a, a, I think it was a rank model, no, a striped hyena uh, news, together with news research, and another striped hyena, which uh, I escaped the name of, I should, <laughs> I should have more notes. So they also like trained those models with the striped hyena architecture. Now, I think it's fairly new still, and uh, it's very interesting from together, the same guy treated out the flash intention, the flash intention too, Basically, uh, that software like uh, helps everyone in the ecosystem, right? Austin, I think we talked about this. Like, it makes everything that you guys do, oh yeah, significantly faster. Um, it's he's, it's he's, hard to like overstate how much of an impact TreeDAO has personally had. There's there's a few folks like this, right? So so definitely, when somebody speaks about a new architecture. And people can be like skeptical whether or not that, that actually materializes into some significant things. TreeDAO has the creds, right? Like like uh, Mistral, when they only uh, raised a bunch of money and everybody's like, oh, you know, this is hype or bubble, whatever. Who, who, who find like who like three three dudes in the French trench coat getting $130 million. And then when they missed Mistral 7B, they got some creds. And then now there is mixture and we see continuously see like improvements from them and incredible performance. So they're getting the, the, the credits as well. TreeDAO is getting, um, TreeDAO is getting like those credits because of flash intention. He works it together, together doing like incredible things. And so if somebody announces new architecture, uh, you know, we try to be skeptical with the mother, is like optimistic approach because we do want <laughs> different architectures that improve. And uh, Trudeau is one such dude. The interesting thing is he works it together, but he also released, uh, I want to say Mamba, if I'm not mistaken. And that's also a, a, a space state model or architecture. And that also kind of talks about improvement to longer complexes. So they basically, from Trudeau and together, we saw two new architectures of this new type compared to Transformers. And so that's kind of weird. Why are they releasing like separately? Like what's going on? So I, I didn't really like get that. However, um, based on everything I saw, this looks incredible, and we're very happy that like quadratic attention thing is is potentially going away. Go ahead, Austin. Um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely going away. 
uh, yeah, so Trigao has spent, uh, as far as I've been aware of AI, uh, he's basically single-handedly like drug us from the age of like 512 sequencing. Um, he's continuously been putting out things that are phenomenal for inference costs and inference speed and efficiency just continuously. And, uh, you know, Noose has made major jumps there. So the two of them together is like certainly uh, a thing to watch. I feel like more and more crazy stuff is just going to drop out of that. So Stripe Hyena is the, is the thing. They also released the models. So they announced an architecture and also like fine-tuned some models. Um, they also, the same thing happened with, uh, with Mamba. I think there's like a, a, a Mamba 2B, like a small model as well. There was a trend on Slim Pajama dataset. So we're also getting like some Mamba architecture models as well this week. But um, I'm really like excited about this Stripe Hyena stuff. Um, together, it was also in the news for some other things that we'll, we're going to cover next. So I'm just going to go and see if Omesh uh, or actually you want to like comment on the Hyena architecture and the Stripe Hyena models, and then we can move on to the next stuff. No, no, let's move on because if if there is something else, we if we have time, then we'll go slightly into detail about about the model. But right now, let's okay. just. March. I think we're okay. Like I think I can like uh, yeah, okay, let's move on. But generally. Uh, uh, you're right. There's like so so much in open source that has been released uh, that like we should we should just continue. But we should note though the interesting thing about like this quadratic invention stuff is that the models are getting slower the more tokens they they need to kind of process and output, and uh, we're potentially potentially having a solution for that. In the same day that we have an incredible like advancement in the open source mixture of Xsource model, and so I just want to highlight that day because in addition to all that. We also got something called Eagle. Uh, you know, hopefully, you guys, you saw that. I'll try to find the tweet for Eagle. Um, there's a new decoding method. And I think we've covered a few decoding methods. It's um, how should I simplify decoding method. Um, it's based on the comparisons that the folks post, at least on Twitter. Decoding is like how fast the tokens are appearing after the model kind of ran through them. And we saw, I think we saw something called lightning fast or something like that. And so uh, ego is this new decoding method that showed up on the same. Oh my God, uh, I just got a notification for OpenAI. No, it's it's fine. It's just glance. No, no news. No news for OpenAI. Go ahead, Dimash. Yeah. So uh, the tweet is from uh, Hongyang, Hongyang Zhang, and uh, basically it kind of uh, provides you almost three uh, x uh, speed in uh, decoding uh, in terms of compression and everything. So yeah, just a quick addition. So, so one thing I, I could you please pin that if you're looking at that tweet? Uh, I don't know if you're like uh, looking up on your phone. I just can't find the tweet. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm, go I'm going to bring it up uh, on the on the jumbotron or pink pill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. And so, the thing that I like mostly struck by is that we we've got like a huge open source model that like significantly outperforms the GP or sorry, outperforms GPT three point five. We've got some other things in store to talk about, like in the next section as well, via the API section as well. We've got uh, a potential like different architecture that significantly improves on longer sequences and, and uh, removes constraints that we're currently like feeling, or at least from the open source. And then we also got like a faster decoding method as well, which which makes. Let me try to simplify this in this way for some folks who are not. Um, um, following Thursday, I or like not as interested like me, so or like us. When 
the speed you experience with, with, with a token output, that's a lot of the times like how much your hardware is good and how much it, like, it can process those like thinking machines, right? Um, decoding is an additional thing on top of that kind of reasoning that can speed up what you perceive as a user in terms of like how many fast tokens you see. And so there's like different methods. There's the vanilla, just like feeding a token after a token out and the user just sees kind of completion, but there's like different optimizations and they keep also improving. And so uh, Eagle just like 3X improved the on the same hardware for the same model, potentially. I So I don't know about like a pre-training. They talked about like some additional like training for Eagle. So I'm not fully know the details, but based on just the comparisons and uh, once Amesh adds the tweet, you'd be able to see. Based on just the vanilla kind of output, uh, you will see like 3x the speed basically, right? So, so imagine like it's maybe it's perceived, it's maybe, but like no hardware update is involved, no model like sizes is involved. So, basically, this essentially means that if this could trend continues to happen, and we've seen this happen like from week to week, I think we talked about the infested decoding uh, almost a week ago, then the users perceive your model 3x times faster, even though it's like slow and runs the same hardware, right? So, like if it uh, it, it, like we're getting better models. They're smaller. The team that is talking about the, uh, quantizing them to one bit or some crazy things like this and for gigabyte. And then also on top of that, the same day they announced like a faster way to, to, to have the model show you text and same day. So I find that like that, that day was like unique in, in open source as far as I remember. And, uh, thank you, Mesh adding the tweet. So ego new method for fast LM decoding, uh, 3x and vanilla, which is kind of insane. And so I know if you guys use the Llama CPP, uh, our, our friend and, and uh, hero of the community, Georgi Gerganov, he always like uh, Llama CPP adds many of these methods. So we may see some of these like appear in, in different uh, architectures as well. And um, so we're moving from Eagle. And another thing I saw is Quip. And Quip, they, they claim, okay, they claim to have a state of the art quantization and compression for models. And uh, we've seen huge advances in quantization, right? So, so from from, uh, from our friend, like, like I think Georgi Gilgano is like one of the folks who started like supporting quantization. And then we have the bloke, the guy who takes every model. I think it's sponsored by A16Z's open source grant. Um, I, I see our friends in the audience from Hanging Faces. And nobody, if you want to come up and talk a little bit about the stuff that you're seeing. But quantization really helps like get models to run on local hardware and smaller hardware. Uh, apparently there's, there's also now a state of the art quantization called Quip, uh, which, which compresses models even further. And, um, I honestly have no much more details about that. I'll just add this link in show notes and you guys can hear. I just want to stress that all of that happened on Friday, just this one day. And, um, we're. Apparently, somebody speculated, I think Andre Karpasi speculated that all these things are coming out before new IPS because many of these people, I think definitely Team Detmers from um, Bits and Bytes Library and uh, Q, Q Laura and stuff, he's in new IPS and some other folks as well. All those folks are releasing some interesting things and then go to new IPS to trade ideas and, and talk about them as well. So potentially that was why everything dropped on Friday. Go ahead, Amish. Yeah, just to add, the paper for two-bit quantization actually came uh, was submitted in July, so it's been it's been there for a while. But it's just that uh, the actual implementation and everything is now coming to light. Is that the the Quip stuff? Yeah, I'm talking about the Quip. Yeah, so uh, our paper came out in July. 
that's actually an interesting point that I'm going to talk about a little bit um, uh, on on the later stage when I kind of give updates on on new IBS. How the delay from papers to actual kind of production stuff and, and what's going on that we've covered already. It's it's very interesting because people talk about you know there's a paper presenting by Kuna, which happened this year, and uh, um, we've been we've been like we've moved away from Vicuna quite a bit since then. But it, it's very interesting. Uh, it's still like shout out to LMCs and folks for for releasing and working on some stuff. And there's still ideas flying around kind of new IPS. So I think we've covered most of the Friday stuff. And then uh, we also talked about uh, Mistral 0.2 on Monday. Uh, we want to talk about Phi 2.0, which was released. And we've talked about Phi 1.5 from Microsoft. And we talked about some uh, things about Phi specifically where um let's maybe cover five for a little bit and folks please uh, help me uh, ch chime in here uh, as you will just raise your hand so phi phi uh from microsoft is a eldad ronen i think is the guy behind some of the folks um they they released a very tiny model i think 1.5 billion parameters back in the summer or something and they trained it on 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 a data set called Tiny Stories, and they showed like very impressive performance on reason, reasoning and logic um, back then. Then there was a little bit of a controversy on Twitter talking about maybe they have um, um, what's it called? Maybe the data set was poisoned uh, with. Uh... Umesh, you, you want to uh, catch up on that? Uh, maybe they trained on the metrics and then this model, uh, go ahead, uh, alignment. Maybe the metrics were like built into the model. So that's why it performed well. You remember that? Yeah, it was never like, there was like some pretty strong evidence that they had shown on benchmarks, but it was never really conclusively proven. It really may have just been that if you train on, like if you pre-train on GPT-4 outputs, uh, you just score really high on human eval because that, you know, that data set is like, really built around how GPT-4 codes. Um, it, the the paper itself was, I think, really more about this uh, large-scale sort of synthetic data generation pipeline. Um, the model's architecture, it, well, on some of these correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think the model's architecture is actually like not incredibly unique or adapted for the task of just being smart and small. Uh, it's, it's just all about like very high-quality data. Uh, that being said, the new model claims it's outboxing Mistral 7B as a 2.7B. So do feel free to approach that skepticism. So the new model being 5.2, we talked about this uh, getting announced uh, recently. I think it was announced during Microsoft Ignite, which which happened just after Dev Day, right? But we haven't seen the, the model X itself, which is like sign announcement. And then... I think it was the same time where Sat Satya was standing on stage saying, we love open source and we're adding like Mistral to our Azure API, et cetera. And now we're seeing the, the, the weights as well. And I think the funny thing is um, we've talked about Gemini Ultra, Gemini Pro and Gen Gemini Tiny or whatever they call it, like their local inference model. Uh, I saw that Fi2 already like outperforms the Gemini Tiny one uh, and it just came out. However, it's not commercially licensed, right? So we can only play with this. We cannot use this for anything significantly. Uh, better, but for local stuff and for the, uh, the like local JS stuff, uh, I think that model was already uploaded to Hugging Face, even though at first it was hiding behind a tab in Azure. And many people was like, I don't want to like, I don't want to sign up to Azure just to download weights. It's like, it's, it's all like a, 
it's it's a very horrible thing. So we had some folks from uh, Scan, I think it was um, Nisten and Pharrell. They re-uploaded that plates uh, to Hagen Face, which we all know. why not just release on Hagen Face, folks, and then and then put it behind your portal. Um, but yeah, we, we we saw our friends of the community like extract uh, for the convenience of all of us those, those weights and put them on Hagen Face. I think then Microsoft actually like came through and put the official weights on Hagen Face as well. Uh, I think Nisten and the Microsoft AI guy they talked together. Um, <laughs> about this effort or something. Um, go ahead, actually. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about FITU because in the past week, if I've played with any model, the most is FITU. And it's impressive because, first of all, FITU is, is just a draw model. It does not have any instruct fine tune or anything. It still performs amazingly good at reasoning tasks and mathematics tasks given its size. And it also it also has this really great uh, resistance to, let's say, racism or that kind of stuff. And Microsoft has actually mentioned why it is so, because it's their, uh, the, the data set that they have used is something called as the textbook stat data set, where everything is really well created and, you know, everything is really well organized in a data set. So this, like a smaller model, also Microsoft has explicitly mentioned in the release paper that this might happen, that, uh, you know, some of the... Uh, Evolution matrices might have leaked into the data set, which was also the controversy for 5.1. People told that it performs really good on matrices, but in real-world performance, it's terrible. So 5.2 has actually kind of solved that, at least it looks like it has solved that. Uh, if if I'm talking about smaller models, I think 5.2 is currently the top model in, in terms of smaller models, uh, in terms of performance, real-world performance. Uh, so yeah, that. So I actually haven't seen anybody hosted, but it shouldn't be that easy. Like it shouldn't be that difficult to run. It's tiny, right? So I, I really want to play around with this and, and kind of test it out. I, I saw a significant boost. And when we talked about Fight2, when we reported on this, um, we actually saw a significant boost in reasoning as well and on the empty bench uh, benchmark. Um, and so, yeah, go ahead, Dumesh. Yeah, so just one thing, one thing I wanted to highlight is that um, it's been reported very widely that it has been, uh, you know, kind of pitted against uh, Gemini Nan Nano that you referred to, basically, uh, that it performs well against Gemini Nano. But just wanted to clarify that it's just that they have compared it against the Gemini's reported benchmark. Google has not given access to Gemini Nano to anyone yet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Google is, um, we're, we're still waiting for, for some stuff from Google. We got some stuff from Google, so we're going to talk about them. But yeah, they, they, we don't have, um, we don't have access to, to, to Nano. However, yeah, and, based on networks, uh, it looks good. Sorry, Alex, go ahead. No, no, that, that, you're fine. I think I'm having some connection issues. So like you may see if your delays go, go ahead. No, so just wanted to highlight that about the hiding behind the wall kind of thing. So we actually had to get in touch with Azure team to get access to it. Uh, I didn't realize what was happening on Twitter because I was with my team. And we, we were in touch with Azure for some other, uh, some other project. And, and we wanted to get uh, Phi to access. And they actually showed us that this is how you can get access to it. They showed you, but then now it's in Hagen Face. And I think I just pinned the tweet from AK. Uh, from Hugging Face, that it's now there. I wanna, I wanna do the chun chun from breaking news. Uh, we had a, a person just DM me about something, and then I hope that person is still here. So, uh, Quinton, if you're still here, uh, the AI meta just literally like 20 minutes ago released um, Project Aria, 
Ego XO4D, that like Ego is, I assume, something from Marvel's guys. I'm reading this as, as I kind of speak. Uh, and so, Ego for concerning we're releasing Ego XO4D, largest ever public data set of its kind to support research on video learning and multimodal perception. So, there's like a bunch of videos they released for basically robot understanding. And Ego, I think it's the egoistic like view. So, like, it's from the first person view of people. And that's that's not a very easy data set to uh, uh, to kind of collect because like people actually need like wear face cameras or something. I think we're going there, but uh, for training models and for robotics, I think it's uh, um, very very big. And also Omar, who's welcome to come on stage, is also the angry about another breaking news for OpenAI that they released the first paper in quite a while uh, from OpenAI as well. And super alignment team first paper showing progress and new approach. With the strong generalization. So we don't know what's there yet, but uh, OpenAI just released a new. So let me pin this to the top of the space so you guys can see and we'll remember to talk about this. But yeah, we don't have um, insight into this yet. But uh, they just released like a paper. And uh, like we said, breaking news is hard to cover because we have to entertain you guys in the space, but also have to like figure out what this is. Uh, but if somebody reads this real quick and wants to come up and give us some a brief, uh, um, brief uh, uh, thing, feel free to. So we just had like two breaking news and spend of like 20 seconds or 20 minutes, I guess. One from Meta, releasing a huge data set for robotics. And we're going to talk about Optimus in, in a second. And we're going to talk about how that field accelerates. And, you know, AI is not only going to say in digital, we're going to see, we're going to see physical AI as well. Uh, and so Meta released something for that, like a huge data set to, to train, but also OpenAI released something on alignment and generalization, which I'm still not sure what this is, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and they also like launched like 10 million in grants or something like that. Um, I will also, so I think as now we're like talking about OpenAI and Meta, I think we're naturally moving away from open source. So unless there's like many things to cover in open source, Austin, I think you made an announcement, but if you want to like briefly say that we're waiting for you, feel free. And then actually you have a, another one more thing and we're going to move to big companies and all of them. Go ahead, actually. Uh, alignment, if you want to, uh, there's a new folks in the audience who haven't heard you, so go ahead. And then we're going to move to action. Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate you. Um, we could go ahead and move on and I'll just post after the end of the pod so I don't interrupt anyone's attention. Uh, but yeah, definitely check my Twitter if you like free and smart things. I love that tease. So uh, Alignment Labs is working on some cool stuff and then uh, follow Austin for more. Okay, actually, go ahead. So yeah, I just wanted to give an update on a company that we are all probably sleeping on. Uh, it's a company from South Korea. No, not Samsung. It's called Upstage AI, and they have released an open source model recently called the Solar 10.7 billion model, which is currently also the top model on the OpenLM leaderboard. It it beats even Mixtral on like you know the basic matrices. Uh, but I just wanted to mention that uh, they claim that it is really well trained on six languages and it can perform equally on all six languages. So that we'll have to you know check because it re released recently. But so, no, that's wow. something I wanted. This is a model from scratch, right? By the way, uh, Upstage has been known for, they've been able to crack number two spot before on the 70B fine tunes and stuff. So it's pretty interesting. They're doing stuff from, uh, from scratch. Uh, I, I wonder how they did it, or maybe they mixed layers from another model. So no, I, I, I think as far as I've studied, I think they have uh, 
completely it's a model completely from scratch it's not a, a bogged down model from the previous one so it's, it's completely uh, trained from scratch have like 30 minutes between calls so instead of having lunch i am here <laughs> this is this is the place to be also don't schedule calls on thursday mr what are you doing um okay so uh actually thank you upstage um do you do you if you don't mind finding a tweet and pinning for us so we'll remember to kind of uh, to, to see it but you're saying like it beats mixtral and it's a 10 billion parameter one model it's not like mixture of x or anything it's just like one model that was trained foundationally from them that's incredible news that that would be that would be so good go ahead actually yeah yeah so i have been my tweet they have not they don't actually have a twitter account so they have not announced it on twitter but if you go to uh, Hugging Face OpenAI leaderboard, you will see it beats even 70 million models. So it's like the absolute top model right now on OpenAI leaderboard, which is oh. kind of cool. It's it's really cool. And yeah, I don't think that people uh, will be sleeping on that for long. Go ahead, listen. I, I posted it as well. Also, briefly on the whole uh, Phi thing, because they were not going uh, at first to release it on uh, on Hugging Face. For some reason, they were just constraining it to... Azure, but on Azure, you had to like fill out a form and apply to access the studio. We're still, yes, we so, literally <laughs> I covered your attempts at like fighting the, the Microsoft corporate machine and getting it to the open source. We did, and we want to thank you. We also covered uh, Pharrell's attempt at like removing um, language from the Mistral stuff. So, yeah, now come on time okay. next time, but we definitely uh, any any insight in the conversation with the guy from Microsoft that, that, that pinged you? Yeah, they're surprised. They're really surprised at how well the, the at how much the community likes Phi. And uh, also, I from uh, uh, Georgi Gurganov's GitHub, uh, they are they are now working on uh, having support because uh, it had sometimes it, it used a, a different kind of attention from standard attention. So yeah, anyway, it's going to be supported on uh, Llama CPP as well. And uh, the other cool thing about Phi is that it was fairly easy to train quickly, so it opens up new new possibilities in in that regard. And it's scoring extremely well compared to Mistral, which is uh, pretty an amazing for a small model. And yeah, it's now the number two model on Hugging Face as, as well. So it's, they 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 were very surprised at how much uh, at how much people uh, like the model. But uh, yeah, they anyway, all, all good. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> they were very surprised, and like it's good to have you connect with them now. Uh, also, definitely, definitely, El Dad uh, and uh, whoever you talk to to come to Thursday to talk about this, they'll be more surprised. Imagine how surprised they'll be if there isn't an Apache two, and the whole like open source will just explode because people will be actually be able to use this for for production. Uh, imagine how surprised they'll be. So thank you, Mr. and, and Var from Skunkworks for fighting on both fronts on the open source to get the fully open source with with Mistral. And uh, like I think we're all in alignment with Mistral, the, the go to open source right now. But also for like getting Microsoft to, to feel the the uh, not feel the AGI, which is a, a thing, but to feel the the open source kind of uh, love. So uh, hopefully. Lama CPP releases some updates. Thank you, Nistan. And then we're, we're going to be able to play around with Phi, um, all of us easier, and maybe in like LM Studio support and maybe some quantization. Well, go ahead and we're going to move to the big companies. Yeah, just last thing, uh, very quick thing. Um, uh, Satya uh, dropped the video about the year of AI. So it's an interesting thing because we were on Phi and Microsoft. I just wanted to add to that. Was that like a new thing that just happened? 
No, no, no. It's just year of AI. I mean, basically, it's talking about like uh, the future is going to be that we'll be empowering the entire world with uh, probably five. Who, who knows? <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, re and really quickly, uh, Baklava is now in LM Studio. So you don't have to do any funky installs or anything. You can use multimodal AI just in LM Studio. So just look up Skunkworks or Baklava in there and, and you'll find it. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much. I'm I wanted so to, to, to mention this on the vision part, but uh, not only Baklava, right? But like I think also. Uh, yeah, there's um, also the Llama 7B and the, the 13B as well. And. Uh, uh, and Obsidian. Obsidian, uh, yeah, yeah, from Luigi. Yeah, it's and, actually and a lot from you guys. So it's actually LM my Studio. file. I, I had to update that random thing we did during a space. Uh, that's actually what LM Studio is, is using. So he sent me some JSON to to update Wait, so, it. So, so for folks that don't know what LM Studio is, let, let's just talk about LM Studio. You can use Olama or you can use uh, which which kind of covers uh, um, Llama.cpp. Olama is like a wrapper, I think, on top of it. Or if you want some UI, you have like basically two options that I know of locally. You probably have more, but like two, I know it's GPT for all from Nomic AI. Uh, they also do some Atlas stuff and embedding like visualization. And you have LM Studio. LM Studio is like this like up and coming. I heard about them from a Technium tweet where he said like, hey, here's our model and this is like the easiest way to use them. LM Studio is like very slick. And since since Baklava and since uh, Obsidian, since like all these models, I think uh, for you from Adept as well, since all these things came out multimodal, I've been like badgering LM Studio like in DMs and public, like, hey, we're going into a world of multimodal. Why can't I drag an image to LM Studio? So it looks like the last release, LM Studio finally like added support for multimodal, uh, not only to their UI, but I think, instant correct me if I'm wrong, they have an API as well. So like Elm Studio, when you run some of these models, they expose like a local server as well. So you'd be able to like program your stuff and use whatever runs in ML Studio to kind of back that up. And so that now supports fully multimodal images and text. And uh, Baklava from Skunksworks uh, and Mythworks on it, and then the Obsidian from News Research are all supported. And that's great news for being able to run multimodal locally. So I really want to make sure we don't skip on this and we like we give. LM Studio, the proper uh, shout out here because like, I've been waiting for this for a long time. Multimodal is coming. Like we we all use GPT for Vision at this point. And it's so great to like being able to use these models locally. Um, yeah, Omesh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you gave a shout out to LM Studio. So just wanted to highlight to people who are listening that LMs. It's uh, the their website is lmstudio.ai, and you can download uh, a simple package uh, for, for Mac or for Windows or for Linux. And you can run on all three. Uh, Olama only runs on Mac and uh, Linux, but you can use it on Windows if you're using WSL. So those who are technically minded. Yes, I will, I will add this to the tweet and you see the video from LM Studio and shout out to these guys. We love them. Uh, and they're like making it easy for everybody in the audience who cannot install llama.cpp for example or llama because cli this is like a very simple way to just like click a button download the thing it works on cross platform and then you can like search for hug and trace stuff i think that part still needs to a little bit of workout and then you can just like run these models on your hardware and i think it's super cool folks i think it's time to move on to the big company apis and lms so i'll briefly do the transition uh we talk about open source a lot this week we have a what almost 
almost an hour and 10 minutes it's just like dark open source uh but i think uh vb from from uh, hugging face was like making it funny like uh making a joke that it's going to take like 12 hours thursday night this week no thursday is only two hours because like there's a limit to how much people can get updates but open source is a big one so i'll just like talk less about new ips at the end but uh let's work about big companies we have like some huge huge things so i think the 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 main thing is Gemini Pro was released in Access for over API, right? So like when Gemini was released, they released like three models, Ultra, Pro, and Nano. And then Pro was the one that we got access to. Gemini Ultra is the one that supposedly beat GPT-4 on some benchmarks. And then Microsoft did some prompt magic with like different COT32. Microsoft just beat GPT-4 like 0.4% or some, some bullshit like that. Uh, so they're they're like doing big measuring contests for like the biggest models. But meanwhile, people want to build and try things with this. And so uh, Gemini Pro was actually released, I think, a few days ago via API. And one interesting thing, and Umesh, I know you play with this. I'd love to hear from you as well. Um, Gemini Pro, one interesting thing that I saw, it's um, they use character pricing and not per token pricing. And I was thinking about this, like it, it's kind of weird for some folks, but I was thinking about this. Tokens, the way they're, they're tokenized, they're really unfair to other languages as well. So I know like for a fact that I play with a bunch of like translation stuff. And so I used to send just strings of, of things into GPT-4. And I used to like see that like it's double the count when I send them in Hebrew or in, or in other languages because of the way how Unicode works. And I hope that that's not the case with Gemini Pro. It's really like it's really like biased towards English because of just the price. Like it literally costs you two X to, to talk with the LLMs via the API in different languages. And so it's really cool to see that it's like now per character, uh, the pricing per character, it's an interesting approach. So hopefully you see this everywhere else. And um, Gemini Pro, we've had a friend of the pod, uh, Skowski Peter from Roboflow, the, the vision guy, he talks about, he's very like generally likes the vision in Gemini Pro, even Pro and not, not Ultra which will hopefully get access from Ultra soon. I will say this one last thing that I, I was able, so I booth at New IPS, and I'll talk about New IPS at the end, um, is just in front of the DeepMind booth, and DeepMind had a whole meet the DeepMind team thing, and so Jeff Dean appeared, and he walks around as though there's like a spotlight shining on top of his head, so like when we start, started to see like a bunch of people around, like just like, like you know, uh, gathered around the what single person, Jeff Dean, the guy in Deep Brain, one of the like top guys there. He came and he talked about this. So I have a, I have a chance to like tell him to join Thursday. I uh, I don't think he remembered that. But if Jeff, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to Thursday. I thank you for releasing us the pro models, and we we can't wait to try Ultra because I heard from him that it's super cool. So um, Gemini Pro released Ultra. We're still waiting for early next year, and Ultra is no longer like the best the top performing model in town uh and uh yeah let's let's have uh, rounds for folks from gemini pro api i think roman you wanted to come up maybe to talk about this and then umesh i know you played with this at least a little bit so umesh go first and then roman yeah unfortunately we didn't play we didn't have a chance to play <laughs> um in a in a true sense because we are actually implementing it in a project and uh, we are uh, building a multimodal pipeline for that so uh, we were very concerned about, uh, because yesterday when, when we got the access, actually the, um, uh, the documentation dropped on uh, GCP, uh, uh, GCP um, documentation website. 
uh, slightly earlier than the announcement, and we got the alert because we have uh, we we are watching the documentation uh, through a crawler, and um, and we started looking at it, and we had a client actually we were with the client, and client actually said this is what we're looking for, and we started working immediately started working on on implementing the pipeline, and um, uh, the challenge we had is that we tested with some videos, basic videos using just the playground which is there on GCP console. And it started failing. And then we used the API and it started working. So it was kind of a mess yesterday. But this morning, like till now, it has stabilized a lot. And uh, uh, it allows you to, one of the best part is that it understands images in terms of the context also. So for example, if you put 16 images, uh, which is the maximum context length as far as the images are concerned, um, and then you say, okay, what is there in the third image? It would know which image you are talking about. So uh, from that point of view, it is it is really, really great. Now, when you use, compare it with GPT-4, for example, for image inference, uh, even in that, if you're implementing it in pipeline, what we found with, with within the limited tests that we could do in 24 hours is that uh, the inference is much better than, uh, than what we found with GPT-4. And the uh, probably the disadvantage with GPT-4 is that in the background, it is using, obviously using a different model, which is using DALI to, to get the inference. And that could be uh, that could be the limitation that is uh, taken care of by Gemini Pro. So, in terms of identifying objects, identifying the colors, identifying text in the images, uh, we found that it's extremely powerful. Uh, video, we are still testing it. We don't. I don't have specific uh, uh, thing. Uh, one of the one of the um, one of the biggest advantage with uh, with uh, Gemini Pro API is the uh, structured output. So you can get really well-structured output, which we, we have real difficulty in, in OpenAI. So uh, that is one of, the, one of the other advantage. As far as the video length is concerned, you only have up to two minutes, two minutes of video. It's still not clear. So we, are, we, are, we have asked for clarification from GCP here in London as to when you say two minutes, what do you mean? Like, is it two minutes at 100 frames per second, 24 frames per second? Because uh, that would clarify how they are encoding the videos uh, for the inference. Yeah, so that's, that's my tip. I, thank you, Mesh. I didn't even know that like this, they support video. I thought there was like only vision for images. They, no, they no, let you. No, no. I just put, I just put it on Jumbotron, uh, kind of a brief that I I created yesterday about the context length that is there, and uh, there is a video length of two minutes. So, but only you can only put one video, so you can't put more than one video, and then you can, as far as the pipeline is concerned, you can build. A text, image, and video pipeline together in one. If you have an agentic framework. Wow. So okay. So so just maybe to let me like react in real time to the news, and Nissan, uh, you can go after this. Um, when they release that video, like uh, Ultra Gemini Ultra, like reacting real time, and then and then it turned out to be fake. There was a Google Developer blog that talked about okay, that video was like edited. And we've talked about this a little bit as well last last week. And uh, that video was edited, but in fact they sent images. I did not know that they support video like as a native thing right now. One minute of video is plenty to be able to like record on a webcam and have it react. Maybe like not as as fast, but wow! I did not know that they support video, and uh, I think it's to be celebrated that now we have a, another Vision API. Maybe not as good as GPT four V, but um, probably somewhere in between the open source stuff. And then uh, you probably can talk about like the the Baklava comparison, but somewhere between the open source stuff and GPT four V. Uh, which probably, you know, for now is free as well. So there's a tweet that says, for now for developers, the quota is free, but also supports video. 
that probably you can like build super cool uh, contact with. So thank you, Mesh. I did not know this as well. Nisan, go ahead, and then Roman, you know, you would love your reaction as well. Yeah, so there's a they released a very interesting paper on um, how they do the video, and uh, I'll post it here in a bit, and and then go. Uh, the what's really interesting that because it's limited to 16 images, then that leads me to believe that either they have limited the context of Gemini Pro to uh, 16K for the image embeddings that they get from Clip or whatever equivalent they're using. And then they use the other uh, 16K for uh, actually uh, generating text. And uh, for video, it is, again, you're trying to share context in between the frames. So they, they come up with a, a clever way on how to chop them up based on how much, uh, how much information changed um, on them. So that's a, that's a very um, interesting paper to believe because it's also like what open source was uh, trying to do. And yeah, if you, if you look on the, on the GitHub uh, and stuff, if you're snooping on branches, we're also cooking audio um, in the same model as, uh, as vision. But I, I want to say, yes, I tried the Gemini Pro through the API. You can get, I think up to 63 calls a minute uh, for text, I don't know how much that actually is for uh, for images. Uh, the so the the multiple context one was interesting, where you just dump in multiple images and then it, it describes them all at once. However, on an individual basis, it wasn't all that impressive. Like it was okay. It, it, I wasn't blown away based on just we've gotten used to this now. Well, at least I. I um, I, I have, so uh, it is comparable, but it's good to have an alternative. So I'm I'm really interested to know if we can uh, farm that uh, 63 per, per second more as a comparison and uh, distilling data. Yes, I, I saw Anton from the pound, Anton Buckers from Glaive already talking about, look at me farming, whatever, the free quarters that they have, distilling this to like good vision models as well. Uh, go ahead, uh, Roman, and then the mesh. Uh, thank you. Uh, actually, if, you know, if you have a thing to respond to this, then you can go ahead before I change the topic just slightly. Still on Gemini. If not, I can go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, just wanted to add, as far as Nissan, uh, um, I don't know if I misunderstood or something. So on the image context, they don't have any size limit. So you can, you can upload any uh, image size. Uh, but the only thing is that what we are trying to test is whether on, in the, in the backend, uh, if um, Gemini's or, or the uh, the um, inference pipeline is compressing the image. So what we are doing is we are creating certain specific images where if you compress the image, then that detail will be lost. And then we are going to do the uh, inferencing and see if that uh, part of the image gets lost when it gets compressed. And then we'll be able to come back and say, yeah, you know, this is... And as far as the stress is concerned, stress test is concerned, uh, that is one of the pipeline that is coming up tonight. So my engineers are going to have a uh, hell of a time uh, today. Yeah, just keep keep that in mind. So for example, with uh, Clip and stuff, all the images that you add in get squished down to either uh, 312 by 312 for OpenAI Clip OSS, which is they released in 2021, or 512 by 512 for GPT-4, we suspect, and then they, they tile it up. So uh, yeah, keep in mind that the image could be 8K and stuff, but it's still not going to output what I'm speculating is no more than like 1,024 uh, embeddings per image. So that that's kind of uh, how it works. So the total token size was amount of images, not not size of uh, of each one. 
but yeah, o- overall, this is um, th- this is good. Yeah, good Great. news. Uh, it feels like we like we got something from Google. Then we got like disillusioned a little bit because of the of the non-release release again with like the ultra just like teasing us. And now we're like getting into the actual thing, and we're, we're getting excited. I'm, I'm yeah. Excited. And NX, uh, we we have beat beat down the um, the bar uh, too much, so we should we have to give some credit to Google for for bringing us into true multimodal age. Absolutely, multimodal like it's going to be everywhere. Uh, it's great to see from Google. It's great to see from from OpenAI. Open source is catching up. We're now having like local uh, multimodal uh, with LM Studio. I'm definitely definitely with it. Um, actually, go ahead, and then we're gonna talk about the mistral stuff as well. Uh, a small stuff. Oh, sorry, Roman, you're you're in the you're in the queue. So go ahead, go ahead, Roman, and then action. Yeah, so I'll give a quick intro since I haven't spoken. I'm Roman. I'm a software engineer. I'm not an AI uh, machine learner, data scientist. So the things about all of this that are most exciting to me is amazing off-the-shelf tools that let me build cool enterprise tools and things like that. So uh, one thing to note about Gemini choosing to do character level tokens as opposed to or charging by character as opposed to by token is that um, it is a pretty big deviation from what OpenAI was doing. Um, like you mentioned before, OpenAI, if you do Hebrew or if you do a lot of other uh, letters that depend on uh, Unicode encoding, then you get an unfair price two times, three times more. Um, I did post in the Jumbotron uh, that there's an emoji. I posted a penguin emoji, I think, or something or uh, a space character. And that one actually counts as three. It counts as three uh, characters. Uh, and then uh, since you brought up the Hebrew example specifically, I posted the word hello in Hebrew. And that one, uh, according to uh, Gemini's uh, UI there, it says that it counts as one, even though it's actually what it looks like to be three, uh, three characters. So there's something maybe a little bit inconsistent, but I think one of the big takeaways there is that um, the change here makes sense. Uh, probably the best explanation I heard was that uh, tokens might be done differently. You could tokenize the word woman as one word or as one token or as as possibly more tokens, Um, but uh, characters won't change. Uh, The amount of characters, something will. Maybe across languages, there's a bit of difficulty. But that being said, it's probably something a bit more stable than uh, token embedding would be. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Roman. Thank you for coming up. Uh, I think, uh, actually, let's go get to you, and then we're going to talk about Mistro and their API inference called Leftlet for Man. I wanted to, you know, quickly talk about something related to Google. That is, uh, we have missed a point where Google has been making phones for quite some time, uh, which is focused on running uh, AI models on board. So Google, with their Tensor chips, have been doing that. And because of that, they're actually performing poorly in the phone market. And I think, and they have even announced that Gemini Nano will be available on their phones. So I hope, unless Apple is going to announce something really big in like next few months, I think Google will take the lead on AI at least. So that's something I wanted to mention here. I will say that from the saying, where's Google, where's Google, where's Google, we're now moving to where's Apple. And Apple do not usually miss a huge innovation wave. And Apple has been releasing the MLX stuff. Uh, we've talked about the open source. Apple definitely has the neural chips and the power in their devices. They've been continuously increasing. I think this thing just left, but we've talked about how we can run, even on like three-year-old iPhones, we can run some like open source stuff. 
So I do believe that Apple will come back with something. I know that like they're represented well, so they're hiring. So in your AWS, they have a huge booth. They're hiring multiple folks. Um, you know, it, it's coming. I don't think that Apple is going to sit behind and say, oh, this AI is nah, not for us. They also, when they released the, uh, the M3, M3 Pro and Ultra, like all these models, they specifically mentioned AI engineers as the first time they mentioned the world AI, I think it was like when they announced the, the, the new pro chips and ultra chips and uh, they, they mentioned AI kind of developers and engineers, like not engineers, like AI developers and machine learning engineers as a new category of people, which like the professional models are trained, like are built for them, the professional, not large language models, the, the, the Mac models. And so Apple's not sitting behind this. Apple does, so based on um, Chris Latner, the guy from Mojo, uh, when he talked with Lex Friedman, Apple usually sits for four years behind the thing and then releases it at once. And like, it's all like mind blowing for many people. So we're waiting for Apple for sure. All right, folks, I want to move on to, I want to move on to Mistral again. So remember we talked about Mistral and the open source cause they're open source, but now I have this weird like split because Mistral now also open, offers an API to their services, which is the new thing they announced together with Mistral and it's called the platform A which is their API platform. And they just released, I got access. I haven't been obviously able to play with this. However, some cool, cool things coming out from that API. First of all, it's, I think their first attempt at inference, uh, inference at scale takes a lot of GPU. So I, you know, now that they also announced like a significant in, uh, investment, right? Like 400 million something. Um, they now have the money to run those GPUs. Um, it's I think free for now and I, the pricing there. I don't know if it's free for now, but like the pricing there is uh, not super, super cheap. And we saw immediately together compute because it's open source. They are able to take the same models supposedly, uh, supposedly and just put them behind an API and run them. So together compute undercut Mistral's API for Mistral by like 70% the same day or the day after. Even Imad Mustak from Stability was like, hey, at least give them a day. It was really funny to see. However, however. And there is a big, however, Mistral did not give us all the models. They not, they, they did not give us like uh, everything. So in the API, they have a Mistral tiny, which they call our most cost-effective endpoint serves the Mistral 7B instruct V2. So you, if you guys remember at the beginning of the hour or two hours ago, whatever, how long, how, how much, uh, an hour and a half we're sitting here, Mistral released like an instruct version V0, V0, V0 2. And that's what they call Mistral Tiny in their API. And uh, it, it only works in English, it pays 7.6 on empty bench score. So like a very capable model via their API, um, which you can download. They also have Mistral Small, which is the Mistral stuff, right? So the Mistral that we got on Friday, they call it Mistral Small in their, um, in their API. And there's a new thing called Mistral Medium that receives 8.6 on empty bench. And that's an unreleased model. So we didn't get this as open source. We didn't get Mistral. Whatever they have over there that they give you an API as Mistral Medium, we didn't get. And according to some folks, that's like, that comes close to GPT-4 um, or very frighteningly close to GPT-4. So now that's the reason why I'm putting Mistral in the big companies and API section and not only in open source section because they now support both. They give us some models. They show their capabilities. They get developer love. But they also start to show us significant, like, you know, we know they're working on more stuff. We know that there's a reason for that, like 400 or so million dollars investment, like it's been a crazy, crazy week for Mistral as well. 
And so they're now supporting all these things via API. And I got to wonder what's behind that 8.6 empty bench medium model. And uh, they call it the prototype model. And then among the top service models available based on standard benchmarks. Now, we know that standard benchmarks are not enough. We know this for a fact, like we've been talking about benchmarks as a thing. I see Pharrell in the audience, shout out Pharrell for the <laughs> benches and evaluations. Like we have to feel these models. Many people like prefer GPT-4 to GPT-3 and they don't know why, and that's not because of a benchmark. Um, but definitely, definitely we know that Mistral knows what they're doing. And the fact that they have bigger models that like compete with GPT-4 and we're, we have Ultra coming very soon shows us that like the monopoly of OpenAI in this area is pretty much ended, and OpenAI needs to needs to needs to tell us and show us again where the like the, the best people on the block to like give us better reasoning models. So I think that's mostly it in the big companies and the LLMs APIs like we've talked about Gemini Pro and talked about Mistral and. Uh, yeah, I think the only two things that I still have to cover is uh, stability and imaging. Okay, so in the kind of the big company, but also in the AR art in the fusion area, uh, imaging two was released from Google. Imaging has been long like hidden behind the Google walls, and imaging is like a diffusion model, kind of like stability or or Dali, and they've been giving access to imaging to Google employees for a long time. I know for a fact, like before even Dali two released. Imogen was already running. And so they just released it. I don't know, honestly, and I just want to update you. I haven't played with it yet. There's so many image models now that it's, it's just ubiquitous and we're just going to continue to see improvements. Um, but Google have a lot of data and a lot of images that they have to train on. So definitely, uh, some serious, like the, Google decided to come back strong, right? So we, we, we keep talking about Google in these Thursday eyes, and I assume that we're going to continue to. And also stability is a 3D, 3D model as well. And uh, I had a chance to briefly talk with Imad about this. And Imad is like, he's not even stressing about this one release. He reposted this. Uh, I've chatted about Imad. Uh, I've chatted about this with Imad yesterday uh, at the stability AI party in, in New IPS. And he was like, yeah, of course, we're releasing models for everything. We're gonna have models for audio, for vision, for 3D, for everything. And basically, uh, there's like grandiose plans in stability AI to release a bunch of stuff. He also talked about their Zephyr and stable LM uh, fine tune that, that he remembers some score uh, that outperforms the smaller models as well. So stable LM is the, the large language model from, or small language model from stability diffusion. And so stability is going to release a bunch of stuff and the 3D model that's out there, I think was caught in between like a bunch of other major news as well. What else do you have to talk about? I think I covered most of this. The last thing that I wanted to talk to you about before like new IPS and uh, Umesh, go ahead, I'll take a little breather and then I'm going to cover Optimus and then new IPS. Yeah, just wanted to highlight the uh, that OpenAI dropped that new uh, paper on uh, on uh, the super alignment problem. And uh, they are talking about having small models, basically um, aligning larger models and controlling the larger models. So that's, a, that's the architecture that they are talking about. So it came out 40 minutes ago and I just read through the, uh, the details and it seems to be very, very interesting concept and probably also hinting towards why uh, Google is talking about uh, Gemini Nano and also Microsoft is so excited about Pi because there is a way you can actually 
have the uh, not only the edge compute or edge delivery or edge inference using nano model, but you can use that nano model as an orchestration device for controlling uh, output of the larger models. So it's very interesting right now. I'm going to uh, just go through the details after after our space, but it seems to be very very interesting on the frame of C. The orchestration model to a larger model is like a gatekeeper thing. I heard about. Yeah. So yeah. So what they what they are posting. So I'll I'll put I'll put it on Jumbotron in in in, a, in thirty seconds. But basically, what they are writing, I'm, I quote: "Large pre-trained models have excellent raw capabilities, but we can elicit these fully with only weak supervision." And GPT four supervised by GPT two recovers performance close to GPT three point five supervised by humans. So basically what they are saying is that you can use uh, GPT-2 level model uh, uh, as, as, uh, as a, a, what do you call it, uh, uh, instead of RLHF, you can have a smaller model actually working as uh, HF and controlling the or, or kind of supervising the GPT-4 level model. So I had a, a friend of mine who presented the vendor meetup as well, and he built like uh, agents for, you know, uh, big companies already in production for farmer and really everything. I want to shout out to him once he comes to Thursday. Hey, he was talking about in his agent setup that that's something also that, that he uses. And once he switched to that, he has like a small model, like uh, basically herding the requests and deciding whether or not like the bigger model should even like wake up and, and start dealing with this. And that model, since they moved to this model, like a smaller model deciding for a bigger model, I think they saw significant, significant improvements in their agent thinking as well. So definitely yeah. there's yeah, more so, area to explore there. Yeah, Alex, if you remember in one of our uh, Thursday Pro podcasts, when you're we talking about my system that we have, we put the semantic kernel to in our pipeline. That's exactly what we are doing actually with Mistral models is we are using Mistral model to basically decide whether we are going to go to uh, which inference point we are going to go to and how we are going to, um, whether to tap into function calls and everything. So we currently have that entire thing can be built using the, uh, using the semantic kernel, actually. So you call the semantic kernel, good to know. And so I good to know that I have two friends that do the same thing. And then also incredible to, to think about the implications of the edge model running, doing this for you. And then only if you need, you tap into the bigger models behind APIs, right? So devices can get like as like even even smarter once all these models come to the edge. And, you can and just to yeah, just to add one more thing, when you're when you're building an enterprise application, one of the biggest uh, uh, problem you have, or not problem, but challenge you have to uh, stick to, is the costing part of it because you need uh, a complete cost visibility, and then you need a smarter model to make sure that your cost of inference remains under control. And you're managing it, and that's where these, uh, you know, orchestration models, what we call in our, uh, you know, in our internal uh, communication, these orchestration models not only uh, handle the the uh, the inference part, but they also keep track of the costing part and selects the model based on whether the the um, inference that we need to carry out, uh, what kind of value we need to give to that inference. So there is a value attached to it, and that's how we track the cost of every inference that goes through the pipeline. Awesome, awesome. Okay, folks, I think, I thank you, Mesh, and thank you, everybody who stayed all this way until the end to hear about everything that happened in the AI for the past week. When I say everything, I, I usually, like, I used to mean everything. I literally, like, all the news that came out besides, like, the tools and everything. Recently, this is not everything because it's impossible. This is, like, everything that's important. 
or at least everything that the group of folks here on stage and the group of folks behind the scenes, uh, just so you know, there's a bunch of us sitting in the chat room, like sharing news, um, are talking about like, oh, we should talk about this. We should talk about that. Um, so everything that this group like deems important. And also, uh, I welcome the community to also join in this. So if you see something that's super cool and important, tag me and tag, uh, or Thursday, I dot news, Thursday, I pod, sorry, who's on stage here. Um, the, the corporate <laughs> account for Thursday. I. And, uh, so thank you everybody for participating in creating this like new summary and thank you everybody who came to listen to it and get up to date, um, with us, uh, because it's really hard to keep up with everything and it's even harder to keep up with everything while I'm on the work trip. And so I wanted to talk to you about the work trip that I have, uh, which is, which is I'm here at Neuro IPS, Neuro IPS. Uh, this is where I'm recording from. So everybody who stepped in to the stage after we started recording, I'm sitting in a janky hotel room. So apologies for the sound quality and the audio quality and the like network, whatever, all these things we're in like, uh, we're in travel conditions here on Thursday. I, but I thought it was like super, super cool to bring you some live coverage from new IPS. And so I actually did this on my, uh, on my account. I did a bunch of live streaming on the weights and biases account. If you see like a large, like black square with dots on it, with the hype dots on it, hit that account. This is the main weights and biases account. I basically took over some of that for, for this week and I did like a bunch of live streaming. Uh, because this is my first time in your IPS and I haven't been, I'm not a machine learning engineer. Uh, and I'm now existing in the company that has them and, uh, weights and biases definitely used by many of them. So we have a booth here and I was told on my first day at work, like three weeks ago, Hey Alex, you should go to New Europe's. They call it New Europe's, uh, New Ips. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't, you know, I, I don't know about the product yet, but I'll, I'll go like fine. And so it's been three weeks since then. And I came and it's mind-blowing like I, I i it's really hard for me to describe what the hell happens here at neuro ips so here's a bit of knowledge that i was able to grab about neuro ips as i was here um we have around fifteen thousand people from all over the world like come to this like huge conference area and huge um it's like the 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 convention center in new orleans and it's like filled with machine learning engineers and phd candidates and all of the top companies who come here to hire them because they want to build ai and like all of them are like buzzing around like several several things so there's like the talks and the basically talks are like you know this is not a, a conference that I know of in the traditional sense with like it's annual 3,000 people that say in the audience, there was like one talk on one track and people come and listen to this. Um, this is like massive. There are like multiple, multiple rooms of thousands of people sitting and watching a fairly, how should I say, some of the, the researchers that are present, they're not very, um, presentable on stage. So they just go there and do their job, but it's very hard to understand what they're actually talking about from their paper. Uh, so like, there's like a room of 2000 people and there's like a plus at the end, but like, I don't know how many people actually understood anything. However, that's not the most important part. It's like an academic conference. It used to be very small and now it's popping because everybody's in AI. So like there's 15,000 people here, uh, the expo hall where we have a booth with weights and biases and like Apple has a booth. Uh, Meta has a booth, Microsoft has a booth, Google DeepBrain has several, 
uh, because like DeepMind and, and Google Brain like connected whatever, so they have several books in there. Uh, Citadel for some reason like the, the company invests. Everybody is trying to hire some of these PhD candidates, so everybody's like trying to come and show and give swag and and talk about like their thing and how their thing is cool. They're hiring interns, but I think the biggest coolest thing about this conference is just like the amount of people you get to meet and just. Hopefully this doesn't come as braggy because like I literally sold out these people and tried to get pictures of them. I have a picture with Jan LeCun that I posted. It was like probably the highlight of my personal experience here. I, I took a picture with Jan. I talked to him about this, this state space models. He wasn't impressed. It was really funny. I, I, I saw and talked with Jeff Dean about Gemini Ultra and when it's coming to us and invite him to Thursday. I, I don't know if he's going to come. Um, I, I, who else? The, I saw Max Tegmark and, and I know there's a panel that's going to be with like Jan Lecun and Max Tegmark and Nick Bostrom and all these like doomers. Uh, they're going to talk about uh, alignment like tomorrow, I think. Um, I saw our friend of the pod, Nathaniel Ruiz. If you remember Nathaniel and Ariel, we talked about their, their model called Platypus for a while. So like basically everybody who has like a thing that people build on is here. Uh, I've, I've shared it with... Uh, Imad Mustak from Stability AI yesterday for almost 20 minutes. Now, here's the, here's the kicker. I don't know how much of this is because I work now with weights and biases. All of these people are actually like clients. So I get to like come to them and say, hey, I'm Alex. I have a podcast. But also, like, I work with weights and biases. So probably some amount of that is there. But I saw Andrew Ying, for example. Andrew Ying from um, DeepLearning.ai. If you guys know, they have like the free courses. And uh, Jeremy... Howard from FastAI as well. Like all these people like running around the conference and they, they're eager to meet people and PhD candidates and people who come and tell them, hey, we learned from you guys. And just like an incredible intensity of, of, of talent and kind of basically the Twitter sphere in AI is condensed into this like one area. Everybody's approachable. Everybody like wants to talk about some ideas. It's really cool. And I think the highlight, the highlight for me, besides the parties, there's also, wow, Jesus Christ, let me tell you about the parties for a second. Yesterday, yesterday, people literally did like party hopping because the conference goes for a week. Uh, everybody tries to pick a day because like it dies down. So it started on, I think Monday was the main conference hall and then Tuesday and Wednesday were sessions. And today were Thursday, Thursday I, of course. Um, Wednesday is the middle of the week. That's the highest, uh, like the highest like dense place. There were like seven parties going on of all different people. Everybody's trying to like show a good time to all the researchers and the interns to hire them, but also to like to show off. So Mistral party was like a frat party yesterday, um, which I didn't get into. Openly, I had a party. I also didn't get into that. Um, but everybody's like trying to like trade notes on like, okay, here's the cool things we learned at the conference, but also, hey, where are you going tonight? What are you doing tonight? Everybody wants to meet the people behind the, the thing. So OpenAI and, and Google and Stability and Mistral and runway all these people had like a competing party five minutes walking from each other right in the same area and that's like a big a huge part of this whole conference because it's one thing to come and like listen to a talk but there's a completely different thing to actually like have a drink with a with a researcher and, and geek out on like the state uh, state space models or something like this so that's a definitely huge part of of this and this year it's in new orleans and this is my first time in new orleans and i really really like how everything is happening because like it's it's loud and it's like buzzing and it's really funny to see all these like researchers and ai folks and machine learning engineers just like you know geek out in the morning and then party out in the evening that's really really fun so it's a big part of that but i think the highlight the highlight for me is the poster sessions so 
I encourage you to go again to the Wisdom Bites. I, I don't think I posted that one on my account. If I did, uh, I think Wisdom Bites has this video where we posted. Basically, we followed Yannick um, uh, Kilcher. I don't know if you folks follow Yannick. Definitely you should follow Yannick. He's like his great content creator. So we met with him after he gave a talk about uh, open chat. Oh, sorry, open assistant, not open chat. Open assistant. Open assistant from Yannick and uh, Lion and all these people. They came out just after GPT-4 and they started collecting like open source um, um, questions and answers. And there is like a huge data set as well. And so he talked about this on stage with the, some co-authors of the paper in front of like 3,000 people. It was ridiculous to see like how big the crowd was. Yannick is a great entertainer, so it was like really fun to hear him. So we caught up with him. He's like, uh, he's supporting with Ambassadors as well. So we caught up with him just after the talk and he had a poster. Just imagine like a huge poster. He, he carried in like the like specific uh, poster backpack thingy that people apparently have here. Uh, and he was like telling us, hey, I don't have time to talk to you guys. I have to run to the poster session. And this being my first time in Europe, so I was like, hey, Yannick, can I like follow you and like take a video of this? He's like, sure. So I, uh, I encourage you to watch the video. But as, as Yannick like telling us about how it is to be a presenting uh, kind of a talk and author and your, your IPS, uh, we're following with a video um, him through the halls of like this convention center in New Orleans as we walk through like just like thousands of people all trying to get to the poster sessions. And we kind of flow all this mass flows of researchers and like people talking about the same thing flows into like huge space. So we just came out from the huge space and we're moving into a bigger, even bigger space filled with boards and all these boards, they're like uh, posters and all these posters are like printed posters of, uh, papers, all these papers were submitted to New RPS. And apparently, apparently you're required to present your paper on the poster on the board uh at least for one session of like three hours if you submit your paper so everybody who submitted the paper they, they stand in front of the board and you can just like browse in that hall and you can ask questions about specific methods and you can like point uh you know obviously like people point out issues with with, with things so we saw folks from lion and luther uh, stella biederman if you guys know her we, we saw her poster about memorization that was super cool and so we followed yannick through this as he presented the paper um as he was setting up this is a cool video and just like i want you to watch not because i produced it i want you to watch it because like that's a little bit of a feel of how it happens in europe and it's really cool it's really something that i haven't experienced before and was definitely my highlight uh, besides meeting the cool people, besides having them fight out on stage in different like panels, besides the parties at night, um, I think this was this was definitely the coolest thing. I will say because I'm part of weight and biases, I was not expecting the amount of love that we received. So, so Umesh, you and I talked about weight and biases last time. Organically, you said like how much you guys love this, but the amount of people who come up to our booth and just say, "Hey, we love you guys. We love you guys. We use you every day," and I'm standing there like I'm new here. I'm like I'm a I'm a podcast host. I'm new. I'm like trying to figure out what, so I don't deserve this love, but it's been incredible to just like see how many people in the, um, because it's free for researchers and free for research and free for universities. That's the trick, right? With the biases, free for universities. And then when those people go to Apple, they come to their boss and say, Hey, I don't want to use this like open source tensor board thing. Like I want to use like, the proper tools that open the uses to change GPT-4. Why can't we just get a seat? So this is our growth engine, but just the amount of people that come up and say, Hey, you guys saved my life or like whatever. We use this paper with weights and biases. It's just like incredible, incredible to see. So I wanted to share all that. And I'm still here. I'm still sitting. I'm talking to you guys, but I'm running after like this. I'm probably going to start editing real quick. 
So uh, hopefully the editing will take place not that uh, not that uh, not that slow, and I'll be able to run and actually enjoy the rest of the conference. I just wanted to bring you kind of my um, experience as a first time new IPS kind of attendee, and as a presenting. You know, we're probably a sponsor here as well, but also as as part of like the this new wave of AI because apparently new IPS is thirty seven years old. This is the thirty seventh annual convention of new IPS. I think it started with IPS, Information Processing Systems, and then it became like Neural Information Processing Systems. And uh, it had an AI winter that people say that barely anybody showed up to New IPS. And I think this is their largest ever convention with like, I think around 15,000 people show up. So um, hopefully this will be entertaining for you to talk to hear about like how New IPS is happening behind the scenes. I will say that um, a friend of the Pod Technium and some folks from News landed here as well. We're, we've met yesterday. We're going to probably meet in like a open source party tonight. There's an open source. If anybody's here listening, I don't think they will, but because the conference is going on, but if, if anybody's here listening this and you're in New Orleans, try to get to the, to the Hug and Face party tonight. There's a Hug and Face and uh, open source party. Uh, and supposedly it's going to be off the, off the, off the hook. Uh, cool. So definitely try to get into that. Um, and I can send you a link if you're here. Probably they, I don't know if you're going to get to the waitlist, but the thing I learned is like, there's so many parties going on at some point, they just open the doors for everybody who wants to come in. I think with that, I mean, she had one other thing and then we can probably close out for today and we did a good job. We're almost like eight minutes out from two hours. So we covered everything. So go ahead. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, while I sent you the message about one thing, I got the second thing as well. So oh, one have, thing, unfortunately, you have two things. It's not unfortunate. That's great. Go ahead. Okay. So basically, um, Intel dropped a new processor, the fifth generation processor, which will provide a forty-two percent gain over local inference on your own machine or on your own laptop, basically. So that's the new. I'm still going through the details, but that's a fifth generation Xeon processor, specifically designed for AI. So AI. Your local AI in your own computer is just around the corner. It's coming, guys. It's coming. Um, the second thing is that open open AI. We spoke a little, little bit about the uh, super alignment or weak to strong generalization. So there are two things, important things that open AI has declared. One is they have released open source code for carrying out weak to strong alignment. So that is something really significant. So I'm just, I was just quickly going through the code repo. It seems to be interesting. I didn't have chance to really look into it, but from the concept of it, it looks superb. Like it's, it seems to be very, very interesting. So it is based on the, uh, their paper on, on week to uh, strong generalization. So if you're interested in that and another shout out to people who are interested in research, they have actually released a 10 million grant for, uh, graduate students, academics and researchers who would like to work on superhuman AI alignment on a broad, in a broader sense. So these are massive things. And and Alex, if you permit me, I want to highlight one thing before we forget. People who are listening, this is the best show on space, or probably this is the best show on the internet where you get all the news. So give Alex a follow, give Thursday AI a follow, and give follow to all the speakers who are on the stage. You will not get this kind of a news from any other show. I guarantee you. I have been to many shows, and that's why I was after Alex to get on this show. This is the best show here on this space, period. Wow, Mesh, thank you, thank you so much. And thank you for jumping in on co-hosting. And I would just say, acknowledge Luigi who joined in late, but like a dear old co-host of ours as well. I only have like three places with Luigi and the news research. We talked about Capybara and Obsidian. 
and we've talked about news a bunch and the alignment labs as well. Uh, welcome as I close the space. Thank you, Mesh. Thank you so much. I want to thank all of you for coming up and hearing this like from week to week. Hopefully this is helpful to get up to speed. Um, as, as you see, we do this even from like travel conditions and we do this like whatever, even though like I, I could have like gone for later last night. I was like, nope, I have like, there's nothing tomorrow. We have to talk about AI. And so yeah, I'm bringing news from your IPS next week, probably going to cover some crazy shit that happened um, since then. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to continue to keep happening. Um, this will go into editing soon. And then I'll send out uh, probably just a recap, a small recap, not the full on newsletter, because we also send the newsletter every week. So thank you, everybody on stage who joined. Thank you, Roman and Akshay. And, and definitely, Umesh, thank you. Uh, Luigi, Nistin joined before and some other folks as well. We love open source. We love talking about this as much as possible. And um, the more it happens, the more we're going to talk to you about this. So thank you all for joining. And then we're going to see you here next week. And meanwhile, I do recommend checking out still the Weights and Biases account. I'm taking over for this week. I'm live streaming a bunch of stuff. I will probably live stream. Oh, okay. Tomorrow, there's a workshop from Mila Quebec, uh, the, the, the machine learning, whatever interface uh, place in, 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 in Quebec. And apparently on stage is going to be like a fight, like a, maybe a physical fight between Max Tegmark and, and Nick Bostrom and Jan LeCun and some other folks. I'm definitely going to live stream this. I'm going to bring some popcorn. I don't know if, you, if that's going to happen still, but like I'll definitely try to live stream that as much as possible. So stay tuned for that and for some of the parties tonight. Yeah, make sure you record the fight in horizontal, please, by the way. I, I cannot promise. I don't know. Like some convenience for my wrist is also acceptable. But yeah, I got it. I'll try to, to see if there's a fight. If Jan LeCun throws down, I'm going to be recording this with like 4K HD, uh, whatever needed. Okay, folks, with that, thank you. I wish I had the music to like play us out, which I usually do. But uh, I will put this on, on, on the thing and I'm going to go and edit and send this to you and then run away to Europe to check out some more sessions. Thank you for joining Thursday. I, um, I love that you're here. I love that this is the thing that I get to do now. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everyone.